0: Father, we give you praise, and we just give you thanks, and we give you glory for this awesome time, Father, to come together in the name of Jesus Christ, God, to learn, to grow, to glean, to receive insight, God, and to to pull on you, God. And we do thank you, Father, for the understanding, the grace, the flow of your spirit, the help, the ministry of the Holy Ghost, the wisdom, Father God, the counsel, the instruction, God, the revelation that you would bring forth. Through the person of the Holy Ghost, who is the supreme teacher of all truths, God, and who is the author, God, of the mysteries of the kingdom. We decree ears are open to hear, hearts are open to receive. And we thank you, Father, for giving us eyes to see the things that you will reveal. We give you glory and honor and praise for the increase. In Jesus' name, we thank you and do pray. Amen. 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 Welcome again to our Session 6, Keys to Hearing the Voice of God. And ask God continually. Ask God continually. Amen. Praise God. Asking God continually is what we're about to cover. Okay. Now I'm going to read this. It says, "Ask God to hear His voice. Know what you want when you go to Him. The Lord desires to give us the kingdom. Okay. Like any parent, He loves it when we are eager and hungry." Praise God. Ask the Lord for prophetic revelation to minister to others. He will speak to us. That's 1 Corinthians 14, 22 to 25. When we persevere, you will not come up empty. Praise God. Okay. We ask the Lord for prophetic revelation to minister to others. Let's go to our text in Luke chapter 11. I want to start off uh, actually in verse 1 to just get the context of this thing. If someone would, please read verse one through four, Luke chapter 11. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples, verse two. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from from the evil one. Amen. Now, when we, when we look at this right here, um, the first point that we want to establish, we're still focusing on keys to hearing the voice of God. Okay. When we look at this text right here, and we want to zone in to verse 3. In this prayer, Jesus makes this statement, give us day by day, or certain uh, gospels say this day, our what? Daily bread. bread. Amen? Amen. Now, when we think about daily bread, we have to understand that Jesus is not talking about physical food. Even though God doesn't want us to starve to death, the emphasis of this prayer is not physical food. And in that temptation, we see that Satan came to tempt Jesus to turn the stones to bread. Jesus made a statement. He said that it is written that man should not live by what? Bread alone. Okay? But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, that shall man live by, okay? And so the daily bread is being able to hear God's voice. It is the life that's transmitted to us through his word when he speaks to us, okay? So the rhema word is the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, okay? And Jesus was saying that the present voice of the Lord in our life is our very lifelong. Okay? We can do without a lot of things, but we cannot do without his word because his word is life. And when you think about when he says daily bread, bread is considered a necessity or a life source. And so he was paralleling the natural... Uh, quality of bread to the spiritual significance to say just as natural bread is necessary for your physical body. Praise God. Then the bread of heaven, which is the voice of the Lord speaking to you and you being able to eat that or di- digest uh, his word through communion with him daily is necessary for your life as well. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's take it a little look further. John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus makes this statement. He said, it is the spirit that makes alive, or that quickens." In other words, it is the spirit that contains life. And then he said that the flesh does not profit anything. He went on to say, and it is the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So when we talk about hearing God's voice, we have to realize that every word that God speaks to us, is packed with life okay it's full of life in other words every word that you hear from god imparts something and transmits something and gives you something uh, that you never had it brings increase it brings life in some area in your life whether it is spiritually mentally emotionally uh psychologically physically His word cannot do anything but communicate life because it is our daily bread. Amen? Amen. So he says, give us day by day our daily bread. So let's make this very practical. Day by day, we need to commune with God to hear him. Mm. And in the midst of that communication with God, He is imparting and releasing into us necessary spiritual nutrients and substance that's vital for our health. Praise God. Mm -hmm. It's all in the communion. It's in the time of fellowship. Praise God. Okay? And so he says, give us day by day our daily bread. Okay? Now, let's take a little further. We know that he was not just talking about physical food, again, because when we go back to Matthew chapter 6, in the famous verse where he tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added. The verses before that, he said, take no thought about your life, what you shall do what? Eat, what you shall drink, or what you shall what? Put on. He said, it's not the life more than this. Your heavenly Father already knows that you have need of these things. He said, "All these things do the Gentiles seek after." Okay, so Jesus can't contradict himself. He can't over here Matthew chapter six tell you don't even worry about daily bread, and then come back telling you you need to be praying for <laughs> praying for some long or logans every day. <laughs> so that's a, so there had to be a deeper meaning, okay. And like I said, we find the understanding in Matthew chapter 4 in the temptation of the wilderness, and we realize that he's telling us not to necessarily focus on the natural, but focus on being able to hear the Father's voice daily, because it is necessary and vital for our health. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Okay. Okay. I wanted to lay that foundation because when we move on to verse 5, it's going to begin to make sense, okay? Remember what he said, daily what? Bread. Say it with me, daily bread. Daily, daily. bread. Daily. Okay? So let's move on to the parable in verse 5. And he said unto them, which of you, having a friend, shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three what? loaves? Okay, you see the thought pattern here. Now he just got through talking about daily bread. Okay, over here in verse three. Then he comes now, and verse five it begins to talk about loaves of what? What are loaves? Bread. Bread. Exactly. Okay. And so I want you to see the train of thought because basically what we're about to read. It's building off of verse number three out of the Lord's prayer. Amen? Amen. 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 Okay. So he says, which of you shall have a friend, shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend? That's a capital F. F, y'all see that? And so, it's, of course, it's speaking about Jesus. Okay, because this friend is, is is a is a person. Praise God, a capital F, which is the note in the Lord Jesus Himself. <clears throat> which of you shall go unto him and say, "Friend, lend me or give me three loaves"? Okay. Now remember our definition of bread. He said, "For a friend of mine, in his journey, is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him." Okay. Let me show y'all what this looks like, okay? This is Jesus saying that when it comes to hearing from heaven, oftentimes there are people that come to us. Uh, They're hurt. They're broken. uh, They're miserable. They're about to give up. They don't know what else to do. They got situations to where they need relief, and they surround us. Some of them are coworkers, family members, friends, you know, and so there are times when people come to us. And and there's something on the inside of you that says, you know what, I wish I could help you, you know. So I want you to think about that setting right here, because this is what's going on, okay? He's approached, and he said that for a friend of mine in his journey, it's come to me, okay? So I want you to think about the people that come to you daily, or that come across you daily, those who, who love to just you know, kind of like unload on you and girl. girl, you know, this was going on and pour out your problems and, you know, all of these are people that's coming to you, okay, on their journey. When you think about their journey, it's talking about their journey of life, okay, they're telling you about their life, their journey, okay. He said, and I have nothing to set before them. This is the equivalent of saying, of us listening to somebody and saying, you know what, yeah, man, I, I feel you, you know, but, it, you know, when we when we basically say, you know, I feel you, what we're basically saying is that there's nothing I can do. i keep you lifted up, you know, that's what we tell him. <laughs> so he said this, okay, I have nothing to set before him. Now notice what we do. We, we give him that lie, you know, I'll be praying for you, keep you lifted up, you know, I feel you. But what this man did is that he went to his friend. Somebody say friend. Okay. Praise God. Remember in the tree we, was teaching, we were teaching, we were talking about our calling to friendship. Okay. In other words, we got a friend that can help anybody that comes into our midst with any problem, in any condition, in any situation, Okay, it, that, because there's nothing too hard, listen, for our friend. Praise God. There's nothing too hard for our friend. So he says this right here. In verse number seven, it says, and he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. Now what he's saying is that now if, you know, in a natural situation, picture you going to someone's house at like 12 or 1 o'clock at night, you know, and you got company, late night company, you know, but you got some basic necessities. You're trying to be a good host and uh, you find out that you're you're lacking some basic necessities to, to make the event like it needs to be. And you go knock on that door at like 1 o'clock at night, okay. First of all, it takes a whole lot of, uh, of faith and boldness to do that. And it takes a certain quality of confidence and a friendship in order to even do that. This verse is saying that when the knock came at the door, that the man answered from the inside and basically said, you know what? He said, listen, it's late, man. It's 12 o'clock at night. Man, my wife is in the bed. My kids are in the bed. Everybody's sound asleep. You know, I I can't get up and start giving it. It is too late. Okay. Now, When we read this, we find out that he says, trouble me not, okay? Verse 7, and he from within shall ask and say, trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. This is what he said, I cannot rise and give thee. That's what he said. Verse 8, this is what Jesus said, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, say that with me, importunity, he will rise. He will rise. He will rise and give him as many as he needed. Praise God. This is so. This is powerful. He will rise and give him as many as he needed. Okay. Now I want to deal with this word real quick, and we'll bring it and make it real practical. Importunity. Now, this word in, in its original language, importunity, it's actually a Greek word it's pronounced anaidaia. And so you don't have to try to write that down and pronounce it. Just know it's Greek and that's how it's said. Praise God. We're going to get on into the definition of it. This is what importunity means. It means shamelessness. Praise God. I'm going to say that again. It means shamelessness. Okay. It means not being ashamed. And so when we read this parable, when it comes to hearing God's voice and asking God to continue, the first thing that Jesus Christ makes reference to is us not being ashamed or having importunity. Okay. Now this parable is basically about, it's not about bread. It's about us coming to God, asking him to speak to us, and receiving that word to give to somebody else in need. That's what this entire parable is about. And it's talking about the type of mentality that's necessary in order to hear God's voice, which is importunity, which is the quality or condition of being shameless. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Now, it also has a definition that means impudence, that is spelled I-M-P-U-D-E-N-C-E, impudence, okay? Impudence, by definition, means having the audacity or having the boldness. Praise God. And so the Lord wants us to have the audacity and the boldness to approach him for what we need. He wants us to have the audacity and the boldness to approach him, expecting him to speak and to release daily bread to us so that we can distribute it unto those that are broken and lost and torn around us. Amen. 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 So, community. False humility, inferiority, fear, and shame. These things do not, they don't make the Father proud when we seek him uh, from these conditions. He wants us to approach him with importunity, with shamelessness. Now listen, shameless means to be blatant, to be barefaced, to be undisguised or unconcealed, and it also means to be transparent that with me transparent transparent guy okay. amen bareface means that hey you know when i when i when I come, I'm not coming with pretension or or disguised motives. I'm being open and honest about what it is I'm coming at, okay. Pretty much, if you're barefaced, what you're saying is what you see. Lord, is what you get. Okay. Now let's deal with this real quick. Thank you, Lord. Shamefaced. Okay. Now, when you were growing up, has anybody ever told you shame on you? Mm-hmm. Now, what was the effect of shame on you? You know, it was look, it was it was it was spoken to make you feel bad about yourself because of something that you did, right? Mm Yeah. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It's spoken to make you feel bad about yourself,
1: unworthy,
0: undeserving, or or to reduce your self-esteem for something that you did. Okay. Praise God. And that's where shame. Now, what the Lord is saying is that when you come before me, I don't want you to feel bad about yourself because of something that you did, okay? And because you're feeling bad about yourself because of something that you did, you're questioning, you're weighing in the balance when you're worthy enough for me to speak to you. Praise God. When we're tied and we're tangled into shame of any kind, it hinders our confidence. And our audacity and our boldness to ask Mm -hmm. and to to really expect to receive from him. Amen. Y'all with me? Amen. Manta. Praise God. Okay. We don't have to disguise our motive for approaching him. In other words, listen, uh, when the man came to his house at 12 o'clock at night or in the midnight, he didn't pull up talking about the Alabama game. He he came talking about bread that he needed. Amen? Amen. He was open about his motive and about his purpose. Remember what we said right here. Know what you want when you go to him. Okay. If there's a situation and when it comes to asking, then you know what you want when you approach. And when we approach him, we can be honest and open from the very beginning about what we want. Praise God. For instance, let me say, this is what we what we don't have to do, you know. We don't have to start off because sometimes we think we have to be in a certain position for God to take our petition seriously, right? Like we have to be in some type of a, you know, condition of broken state. But that's not what all God wants us to be is transparent. He wants us to be bold, and he wants us to have the audacity to approach him with confidence. Amen. Amen. And so sometimes what we'll do, okay, we can already have in our heart what it is we want, but we'll avoid that thing in the beginning. We'll say, Lord, you're blessed and highly favored. You that sit above the cherubim and, and, and all the stars <laughs> and splendor are yours. And then, you know, and we we go on with all that. And then, then we go to repenting because we think that once we repent, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for that and that and that and that. And then we, we run off this whole list and then, we do that until we can work up some emotion and some tear come out because when the tears come out, we really believe God paying us some attention in that we can really hear from. So <laughs> once that tear come out, we say, Lord, and, 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 and while we're at it, Lord, I'm hungry. Could you just, you know, could you just Lord, I'm I'm, I'm kind of hungry, you know, so could you just provide, you know, every need according to the original glory? But from the beginning, you know, we already know that that's pretty much the thing weighing on our heart anyway. And so that's what we don't have to do. And the Lord is saying, listen, when we come to him, we can come to him transparent, unconcealed, undisguised, barefaced. Amen? Amen.
1: Amen?
0: Praise God. Okay. And, and that's what... Now, let's deal with importunity. Now, importunity in its practical definition means you asking and you not giving up because you know what you have a right to. Mm, that's
1: good.
0: Okay. That's what... You have a right to hear his voice. And so you don't give up. Praise God. Matter of fact, this word persevere... Represents, listen, the elapse of time through pressure. Okay? The elapse of time and pressure. So when you persevere through something, it means that, listen, I may not have gotten it or heard from heaven the first time that I actually hear him about what's on my heart. But because I know I have a right to it, I refuse to give up. Mm. Amen, sir. Okay, asking God to continue. Sometimes our faith is tested through time. Okay? And God just sometimes he delays just to strengthen and to build our faith, our confidence, and our knowledge in his love. Okay? He wants us to believe that he loves us enough to speak to us continually. So let's look at this a little further. Praise God. When we talk about having boldness and when we talk about having audacity, praise God. Now, impudence also means, and let me explain this in its right context, okay, it it literally means uh, not showing due respect for another person. It basically means not being a respected person. In other words, um, if you have a parent or if, if you got a, a relative or someone that's in a high prestigious position, okay, when you come into their presence, what this, what this verse is basically saying is that even though Jesus Christ is Lord, even though he's Creator, even though he is king, and even though he is alpha and omega, when you approach him, he wants us to approach him as our friend. He wants us to approach because that's where the confidence is going to come from. Okay, think about if if the president just stepped down right now, you know, and 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 came to your house, you know, or you were in a meeting, uh, and with uh with Congress or, or with the Senate, and boom, you just pop up there, and everybody's talking around, and they're talking politics and about what they're going to do, and, and the situation with China, and you're just sitting right there scratching your head, and then you know uh, it, you know even though you have questions about what's going on, then to a certain degree, you're going to be hesitant to ask what's even on your heart because of the atmosphere, because of the people that are there and because of their status, because of their prestige. So, you know, you, you, you don't really have the comfort or the confidence to really ask in a setting like that because you're looking around at all these dignitaries and and all their weight and all their power. So in your mind, you're saying, well, i I just sit right here. I'll listen. And what the Lord is saying is that sometimes because we know that he is king, because we know that he is God, because we know that he is the creator, that sometimes we approach him with that fear and reverence, and we don't really, uh, and, and sometimes it hinders us from being transparent before him. And it hinders our ability to approach him on a personal level, level as a friend. Okay. So impudence means not going through all the rhetoric of how great and how grand he is, but really being able to open up your heart before him and to approach him as you truly are and knowing that he will accept you. Amen? Amen, sir. Praise God, okay? <clears throat> so, where do we get this confidence from? Where do we get this boldness from? Where do we get this courage from? Okay? Turn to uh, Hebrews 4. Amen, if you don't mind. Hebrews chapter 4. going to look at verse number 16. We'll start at 14. It says, See then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the filling of our infirmities, but within all points tempted like as we were yet without sin. Verse 16, this is what he says. Let us come boldly. Okay, there it goes. That's, that's that impudence. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, remember what Jesus said in the book of Luke. He said that because of your importunity, I tell you again that surely he will arise and he will give you as many loaves as you need. Okay? Now, right here we see in verse 16 that he told us that we will find grace to help in time of need. And listen, the revelation of this right here is that oftentimes the need is not your need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, the need is the needs of others around us, and you just become the conduit, you become the vessel, you become the channel and the avenue that God wants to use to meet someone else's need. Amen. Our prosperity and livelihood is the fruit of the harvest. In other words, it's what we have sown and labored that we end up reaping. We flip it around another way. It's what we give to others that God turns around and gives back to us multiplied. he says, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace. Okay. In other words, this is where God is, is sitting. The Father is sitting. This is where the Lord, he's sitting on a throne called grace. Praise God. Amen. He, when you pray, your petition is going before the Father on a throne called grace. Okay. Now throne represents authority or dominion and power. Okay. The throne is the place where petitions are granted, where people who ask receive answers, where people bring their problems to and get solutions. And so we have you you you're at home, you're a host. You've got this man outside. You've got these people in there, and you don't have anything to serve him. It's a grand event but we have no bread. We have no loaves. And instead of panicking, and instead of sending them away hungry, and in, instead of, you know, all we have to do is turn to our friend because our friend is sitting on a throne called grace. Hmm. First of all, he's our friend, and he's the king. Then he's sitting on a a throne called grace, which means unearned, undeserved, unworked for, and unmerited favor. That's at our disposal. Listen, he's sitting on unlimited resources, and he is your friend. (laughs)
1: That's good, Doc.
0: And so let's just tie this around when it comes to hearing from God and asking, praise God, when you approach the Lord, to hear his voice, and to receive from him insight, strategy, counsel, wisdom, instruction, revelation, whatever it is, or just fellowship. Praise God. First of all, he's going to talk to you because he's your friend. Second of all, he's going to give you whatever you need or whatever you're asking for because he's seated on a throne called grace. Hmm. Say that again. He's going to entertain you and talk to you because you're his friend. Second of all, he's not going to leave you empty, away, leave you away empty because friends don't do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Praise God. And that he's seated on a throne called grace. In other words, he is seated in a place that's, that's designed to give you what you need because of your faith and because of your importunity, and not because of what you deserve. Mm-hmm. That's
1: good. Not
0: even what they deserve, because a lot of times the people around us that are broken, that, are in, that need answers, and that are torn son a lot of them are not even saved. But God will speak to them also, because the throne is called grace. God mm-hmm. will give you a word, God will give you insight, God will give you revelation for them also, because he loves them. And the throne that he is seated on, is called unmerited, unearned, or undeserved
1: faith.
0: Amen. All he needs, all he needs is somebody that will come on their behalf. That will petition him on their behalf. That will come before his throne on their behalf. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks
0: God. So the Bible says, let us come How to the throne of grace? Boldly. 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 Praise God. Let us come with audacity. Let us come with confidence. Okay? Let us come with courage and strength of mind and fortitude and with, with conviction to the throne of grace. Listen, because I know what type of throne it is, we don't have to leave empty handed. Mm. Okay. So this is what brings me to my <clears throat> to exposing the greatest enemy from experiencing intimacy with God, discouragement. Okay? See, importunity is a kingdom weapon and is a divinely powerful weapon that conquers discouragement. When do we get discouraged? When we ask God or when we try to talk to him and we don't hear anything. When we petition him for things and we don't see anything show up. But the Lord is saying, okay, by this revelation, listen, don't give up. Because if you read the parable in Luke chapter 11, there was a time when when hardball was being played with a friend that came to his friend. He said, I'm not going to do it. So there was an a time where he didn't necessarily see what he was coming for, but because he knew what he had a right to, praise God, he didn't give up. And listen, he had the audacity, even though his kids were asleep, even though the man was in the bed, even though it was late night, he had the boldness and the audacity to keep coming. Praise God. And Jesus said because he had the importunity, or because he had the strength to keep coming that that things changed. Praise God. Things changed. The man changed and he rose and he gave him everything that he came for. What does this tell us, y'all? That when it comes to seeking to hear God's voice, you have to be aggressive in order to hear it. In other words, don't stop praying. Go in there again. Come to the throne of grace. Put God in remembrance of his word. Listen, from Luke chapter 11, verse 5 through 7, you know what that's saying? That's saying that you don't have a right to give up. You don't have a right to give up. Because our friend Remember, we read it in the in the book of Matthew. He said, "Henceforth, I call you not servants, but friends, because because a friend as friend as a friend I have made known all things unto you." He said, "A servant does not know what his master does, but a friend." Amen, sir. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain. Mercy. That word obtain means possessing. In time of need. Praise God. Amen. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. Let's 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 dig a little deeper into this. Same chap, same book, the 10th chapter, verse 16. Okay? So this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more often for sin. Verse nineteen. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiness holiest by the blood of Jesus. Listen, it says, by a new and living way which he has prepared for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, here we go right here, in full assurance of faith. So we draw near to God with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our body sprinkled from an evil conscience and our, our, our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed from pure water. Let me explain this. When we approach God, and this is how we this is how we maintain our confidence and we overcome shame, okay because remember importunity means to be shameless or shamelessness okay? what keeps us out of the presence of God, what robs us of our confidence is shame okay? Shame is able to grip us when we approach God based on our own righteousness or our own deeds or how we feel about ourselves and what we think we did right and and versus what we did wrong. So how we maintain our confidence and our boldness is not being cocky with having confidence in the blood of Jesus Christ when we approach it. Okay. In other words, You and I, we have the audacity to approach him and we have the boldness to approach him because the blood of Jesus Christ was shed to give us right to approach him. And because we have faith in what he did and the access, see the blood of Jesus Christ is like your VIP status to the throne of heaven. As long as you got the blood, you are good. As long as your confidence is in the blood, you're good. And look, as as long as your conviction is in the blood, listen, you can let your hair down, you can laugh, you can talk to God, you can can communicate with him because you're approaching God with faith in the blood. Or you're approaching God knowing that you have a right to his presence because of what Jesus did. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, Hebrews chapter 10 is actually saying that this way has been uh, made available to you through Jesus Christ. And there, there are two things. There are several things that happen when you release faith in the blood. Number one, when we have shame that grips us. When somebody says shame on you okay? and, and they try to make you feel bad about you for something that you did. Listen, and, and the after effect and the long-term effect is that you don't do it again. Okay? That any time that comes up again, that you will think about how you felt, which was feeling unworthy, and you would do something different. Okay? And so the only way to overcome that is to realize that we are forgiven for everything that we've done. And not only are we forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, but the Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ has sprinkled our heart from an evil conscience or sprinkled our heart from an evil conscience and has washed our bodies with pure water. This is something that takes place in the spirit. In other words, when we feel bad about it, that thing weighs on our conscience, the shame. But the blood of Jesus Christ removes it. And when you release faith in this blood, you're pushing God and saying, you know what, God, you know, I don't have to, I'm not approaching you based upon my good works. I'm coming to the throne of grace. Your grace promises me unmerited favor. I have a right to hear you. I have a right to talk to you. I have a right to receive from you and to enjoy your presence. Your son shed blood on the cross to give me access to your throne and to your voice and also made me a friend of you. So I'm here today to talk to you and I expect to hear you speak to me because you love me and you have reconciled me into yourself. That's the boldness that he's talking about. And people of God, you don't go away discouraged. You don't leave his presence without the breath. You don't leave with the impression and the feeling that you're not good enough or that he doesn't want to talk to you or that he must be busy. You don't have a right to because you're his friend. You've been given access by the blood. Your friend is sitting on the throne, and the throne is called grace. And he promised that you would find, obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise God. Okay. Let's hit two more points, okay? Then we'll be closing. Let's go back to uh, Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Pick it up where we were. Read this definition again. Ask God continually. Ask God to hear his voice. It's not an evil thing. It's not a prideful thing. Praise God. Ask God to hear his voice. Know what you want when you go to him, even if it's just to hear his voice. Okay. In other words, your purpose for approaching could be to spend time with him, to get to know him, and to hear his voice, whatever it is. He's just saying, listen, be shameless about it, and you will experience it. Be transparent about it, and you'll get results. He says, the Lord desires to give us the kingdom. Like any parent, he loves it when we are eager and hungry to help others. If we ask the Lord for prophetic revelation to minister to others, he will speak to us. Okay. Now, we're building off, of course, port one and two. Remember, we, we started off with dwelling in his presence. Okay. Then we began to talk about focusing on the purposes of God. And the purpose of God is, is to save the world and to redeem the world unto himself. You know. And so when we look at that, that brings us to three, um, positioning ourselves to ask God to speak to us on behalf of others. Or for others, is that all God will address? No, He'll speak to you and hang out with you because He's daughter. He'll even communicate with you about you when you're giving insight to people for God. But we're talking about really just you know having the confidence to know that you have a right to hear from Him. Let's pick up reading in Luke chapter 11. And we're going to go to verse number nine. Praise God. Y'all don't mind, somebody read verse nine. Luke eleven nine. And And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given. You seek, and ye shall find, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Notice that shall is definite statement, okay? I want to bring some to your attention here. He's saying ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. How many loaves of bread in the parable did he ask for? Anybody remember? Three. Three loaves of bread. And it's no coincidence right here. You have a correlation of three things that he tells us to do to get results when it comes to hearing from him. In other words, we have to ask God. We have to ask. The word ask means to call for, crave, desire, and check this definition out. It means to require. Require, okay? Now, when you think about the word require, it brings a new dimension to asking, right? Yes. Yeah, of course it does. Because most of the time, if you ask people for something, then it puts you at their mercy. And you don't really have the confidence because in the back of your mind, you know that they could either grant you your petition or they could refuse it, right? Mm Yes, When, when you talk to people, yeah, we ask. Now, if it's something that you know you have a right to, then you ask with a little bit more assertiveness because you are requiring it based upon your coveted right. And what the Lord is saying, when you approach him to hear his voice, you don't have to beg. We don't have to uh, be double-minded. We don't, we don't have to be timid in our approach. He wants us to come with confidence requiring grace to help. He wants us to begin to require grace, to release our faith, and to not relinquish our stance of reception when it comes to what he has available. This is all about confidence, importunity, shamelessness. Audacity, boldness, being barefaced, being blatant, being undisguised, unconcealed, and being transparent. In other words, Lord, I'm coming before you, being honest about what I want, and I will not take no for an answer because you said in your word that I have a right to. That's simple. In other words, The confidence of his word and what he has said and said we have, it has to be more real to us than our feelings, our emotions, our complexes, our insecurities, and our fears. We have to allow the truth of what he has spoken about our right to come boldly unto the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace. That has to be more real to us, and that has to become truth in our life. And everything that opposes that has to be categorized, categorized as a lie. And that is when we get results. Listen, God requires boldness. He requires audacity. He requires that face. This, These are not options. These are necessities to hearing from him consistently. Listen, David, this approach is so important. God takes no pleasure in us feeling and seeming inferior in approaching him. He takes no pleasure in us being afraid to, to stay close to him or we can't be ourselves and we can't be open and transparent before him because we are afraid of him. He takes no pleasure in that. As a matter of fact, he hates that so much that he sent his son to die To remove that insecurity from our nature and gave us his righteousness. His righteousness means right standing. When I'm not in right standing with him, I speak with shamefacedness. And the Lord says that in the condition of being shamefaced, but there's a great chance that we won't receive anything. But in the position of right standing, approaching him with confidence, with importunity, then we are guaranteed to receive what we require. Praise God. Glad. Go so, he says, Asking it shall be given, seeking you shall find, knocking it shall be opened. So when we look at this word, seek, okay. Seek actually means to seek in order to find or to find out by thinking, meditating, reasoning, or to inquire. Now, if we think about Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it goes in line with seeking. Because remember he said in Hebrews 4:16, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace. To help. So in order to find something, you have to be seeking for it. That's why he said, whosoever shall seek shall find. What are you finding? You're finding grace to help in time of need. You're finding God speaking to you. You're finding his voice. You're finding his answers. You're finding his solutions. Every time God speaks to you, It is a gift of grace. It is a release of his grace. It's coming straight from his throne. Okay, and it's coming based on not our works, but it's coming because our faith, because we believe in this grace, we believe in this grace, we believe in this throne, we we believe in what this throne is about, we believe in its nature, we believe in the region that it was established, we believe that this this throne is the ultimate authority, that this throne governs everything, that this throne is greater than my insecurities, my fears, and and my infirmities, and my weaknesses, and my frailties, and my sins, and and all the things that I hide. But still, even though I feel like and I I. I know technically I'm unworthy, but still this throne is established to give me what I don't deserve in my time of need when I ask in faith. The most challenging part is believing in his grace. Strong enough to approach it with boldness. Why do we feel he doesn't want to talk to us? If you feel somebody doesn't want to talk to you, you're not going to spend a whole lot of time or a whole lot of energy trying to engage them and try to kind of slide away aboard because you don't want to feel the rejection Because the rejection is discouraging. It robs of courage. It removes courage. It dislodges courage. But it's a lie. Because you got a throne called grace at your disposal, at your your dispensary. And it's unlimited in resources. The Bible says that the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now the grace of God, which brings salvation, has appeared unto all men. God. Grace is endless. And because of this grace, you have a right to hear it. You, need to, you have to tell yourself, man. But because of your grace, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop asking. I'm not going to stop seeking. I'm not going to stop knocking. But I'm coming with boldness and audacity because I have a right to receive from you. I have a right to experience intimacy. I have a right to experience fellowship. I have a right to hear your voice. I have a right to feel your presence. I have a right to the throne of grace. Amen? Man. Amen. Praise God. So it says, asking and getting ready to close. And I say unto you, asking it shall be given, seeking, you shall find, knocking and it shall be open. Now, I want you to see this, ask, seek, and knock. if you take the first letter of each word, you've got ask. He's telling us to ask, ask, A-S-K, seek, knock. You take the first letter of each word, ask, seek, and knock, you're still spelling the word ask, and it is awesome. What that tells us is that all of this, all of these ingredients are a part of the asking process. The importunity or audacity in boldness means just not asking. Because if I ask one time, I may just give up. But if I have a little bit of audacity, I'll go and peek in the window to see if he's there. Then I keep asking. I won't just go, because I see the light off. I won't just go away because I see the light off, but I keep asking because I know he's in there and he's my friend. So I'm seeking. I'm seeking. Maybe he just want to give me one loaf, but I need three. So I'm going to keep what? Seeking. Seeking. And, and in the process of me seeking, Time is elapsing. And he hadn't came to the door yet, but I know he's in there. So what I began to do now, instead of saying, Well, he's sleeping, his family is in there, I start knocking. I'm still I'm still bold. I, I'm 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 still blatant. I'm still barefaced. I'm still being impudent. And I'm not giving up. So I start knocking. Persistence. 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 Perseverance. That's how we need to approach him when it comes to hearing him. Persistent. You ask. Him, okay? So you didn't hear it. Keep asking. You didn't keep seeking. Be persistent. Keep knocking on his heart. Keep knocking, keep knocking, keep knocking because you know that you have a right. And what begins to happen is because you ask. He said that everyone that asks receives. Everyone that seeks, finds. Everyone that knocks shall be opened. I believe that there was a different approach for each loaf. I believe in order to get the first loaf, that asking was required. I believe that in order to get the second loaf, that he had to seek. But I believe for that third loaf, elder, he had to do some knocking. Because everyone that asketh receives, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, the Bible says, that the door of grace shall be wide open. It shall be open. Friends, these are all definite statements that tell us that if we ask God continually for bread, for words, for revelation, for truth, for insight, for guidance, that he is obligated to speak to us. So yes, you qualify. Praise God. Yes, you can hear him. Yes, he will speak to you. No, he will not deny it. Stop giving up. Stop trying to measure yourself by yourself and just start focusing on his blood that was shed to give you access to the throne of grace so that you can receive freely every benefit that Jesus Christ secured for you at the cross of Calvary. The very least of these is fellowship, being able to hear him and to commune with him and to receive of him daily bread. So I pray that the word, praise God, brought a a sense of encouragement. We can't be sin conscious when it comes to approaching God. That's why Adam and Eve ran from his presence in the garden. You, You can't Feeling inferior hinders the ability to hear. It's not that he's not speaking, but oftentimes we're running from his voice. His voice is now while we while we're looking down at ourselves at how unworthy we are, it's like his voice is just hitting us in the back of the head, boing, boing, bouncing out, waiting on us to look up.
1: Amen. Exactly.
0: So we have to take our eyes off our imperfections and what we feel we do deserve or don't deserve. And we put confidence in the blood, okay? And when you put confidence in the blood, it breaks the power of shame. It breaks the power of inferiority. It breaks the power of fear. It breaks the power of power. And, it, and, and the, the blood of Jesus Christ gives us confidence to approach him, and we are to approach him in that confidence. Because the Bible says, whatsoever is not of confidence, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And so when we don't have that confidence, when we don't approach him like that, we don't have a right to the throne of grace. We don't have a right to receive. God has said, listen, I need faith. I need you in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I I need you to walk that out when you're approaching me to him, because without faith, it's impossible to please me. But he that cometh to me must believe that I am, and that I am a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him." You got to know that when you approach me that you're not going to come up empty handed You got to believe that when you call, I answer. Praise God. And I will show you great and mighty things that you know. not. You got to know that when you search for me with all your heart that you'll find, that the Lord. Then I will be found of you and turn away your captivity. You got to know that before you call, I answer. And while you get speaking, I'll hear. These are things that we have to Know and, and be persuaded of when we approach. Or else, I, our flesh, and the tempter will cause us to give up and to leave the good man's house empty handed when we don't have to. Because everyone that acts receives, and everyone that seeks finds, and whoever knocks. Everyone, that that includes all of us, it shall be open. Praise God. And so there's nothing that can keep you from his voice, from his intimacy, from his fellowship, from his love, from experiencing the fullness of God like you see in anybody else's life. You can go, you can hit that and you can go beyond it. just got to believe. Praise God. And quit denying yourself access because of your own perception. Praise God. See yourself how God sees you. Take full advantage of what Christ secured for us at the cross, praise God, and live the abundant life.